Good afternoon, at whatever time you might be listening to this recording today. Appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit from the Word of God and to share about what's passionate with the Mayus Bible College, my passions for that ministry and that work. Would you turn with uh, me, if, if you have a Bible online, turn or flip or go online to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And I'd like to share a few thoughts from those verses uh, and a few other verses in the book of 2 Timothy as we see Paul's passion for the impact of the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 is a core verse that's precious to me and precious in the ministry that we're involved in at Emmaus Bible College. I'll read verse 1 as well. Paul speaking, writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This verse speaks to what I would call the multi-generational impact of the Word of God. The multi-generational impact of the Word of God. If we look in this verse, we see multiple generations being influenced. We, we see, obviously, the Word that is spoken, the things that you have heard from me, those things were things that Paul received personally, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and received directly as the Word of the Lord, uh, divine revelation. So we see God Himself is a generator of these words, of these concepts, of these thoughts that Paul has. So the first generation really starts with God Himself as the generator of His Word and the communicator of His thoughts uh, through the Apostle Paul. And Paul now says, the next generation to be involved is you, Timothy, my son. He says to Timothy, you're my son in the Lord, and in verse 1, and he says, the things you've heard from me, uh, pass them on. So we see secondly that there's witnesses. So we have God himself, we have the Apostle Paul, we have Timothy, who is the one who is uh, going to take these things further. We also have many witnesses. The presence of many witnesses are identified. So they may be uh, of the same generation. Those witnesses may be prior generation people. They may be parents. They may be children. They may be grandchildren. Uh, there could be multiple levels of people who are listening, who are watching, who are hearing, who are absorbing those things. I think speaking to you, whoever you are who are listening, uh, whatever your role is, whether you're an elder, uh, whether you're a Sunday school teacher, whether you're a listener, whether you're someone's child, whether you're someone's parents, uh, the things that you hear uh, and the way that you take those things and use them for Christ are observed and are seen and are an influence on other people. They can be a good influence. Uh, 
They, they unfortunately, sometimes in our human flesh and our nature, uh, they can be a bad influence uh, as well. But know that the good things that you have received uh, can be a witness to others. So even you as a brother to, uh, in your family to a younger sibling, a sister, to a, another person in your own home, you can be of influence uh, by your character, your conduct, by the Word of God. So here we have multiple generations. But of course we're just part way into this verse. Uh, the things you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Uh, what Paul really desires here in the most passionate and godly way is that Timothy would pass them on, would entrust them to the next generation. That the, those precious truths, the things that God had personally revealed, uh, that Timothy would not only take them and run with them and live them and live a godly life for the Lord Jesus Christ and be influential in his testimony and his travels and his appointing of elders and his leadership of the emerging churches, but more than that, that he would entrust them to faithful men. Paul wanted to see it go on. And you know where this is going next in the rest of this verse. Because it wasn't just Timothy, let's run this thing out for one or two generations. Let's see if, if we can just make this last, not only from me to you, but from you to the next generation. But no, it goes beyond that. He says, faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So, I don't know how many generations or people we've just counted here. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot in that. And I would say, once again, as you, as you hear this message and you think about your influence, then I would say, what's my passion? My personal passion is to see this play out exactly in the lives of Emmaus Bible College as... As we see those who are faithful teachers, uh, I think of those who have come before me. I think right here in this local assembly where I'm addressing this message that uh, dear brother Evan Davis, who served with the college for a number of years at, in the role uh, as, as the chair of the board, providing governance, guidance, leadership. Uh, it's not to put anyone on a pedestal. It's just to say that the Lord uses people over a generation and from those who founded the college to those who preserved it those who served there before me uh, now it's my turn and you know that's the case in your life too uh, wherever God has placed you I would say now it's your turn uh, that there have been times that others served before you others were Sunday school teachers before you others were parents before you others were elders before you uh, and others will be after you uh, the Lord gives you a season of life and a season of ministry and that season ends when he calls us home to be with himself. But there are phases of those ministries. There are things that we're involved in when we're young. There are things that we're involved with when we're older. But let those things persist. I would say by way of uh, personal testimony that one of the earliest areas of service that I recall was very influential was the Bible camp ministry. And as a high school kid, uh, there was a mentor who was a little older than me who was involved in a camp in Ontario, Canada, Beacon Bible Camp. And he was a, a person who got me involved in going there to be a junior counselor. To, uh, as a 15-year-old high school kid, all of a sudden I was thrown into a cabin with 
uh, eight and nine year old young people and was responsible for telling them the gospel and also responsible for having them be quiet at night when they were, you know, maybe their first night away from home and their first experience as young campers and no, they didn't want to go to sleep. I'm not sure if they really wanted to hear the gospel either. Uh, but there they were and there I was in a cabin in the woods with a group of kids and uh, amazingly just a fond recollection about one camper who received the Lord that night uh, under the sharing of the gospel and so what a memory but what an encouragement for me personally and then um, the Lord used that uh, as I continued serving in various camp ministries over many years of my life and as we got our our own children involved in camp ministry, as we served as a family, as our kids were growing up, uh, we saw our kids starting to be involved in maybe in uh, summer staff roles at a couple different camps that we were involved in. So in that way, we had our own little impact. But that was that was one of the first things that I saw the impact of the Word of God and of counselors and mentors as I was being mentored by a camp director and other camp st staff members. Uh, I realized how influential that was in my personal life. That I saw it wasn't just my parents who were telling me the things about the Word of God, but that there were other men and women surrounding us that were validating those things and that were living it, that we were seeing it in their lives, not just in their words. And so that brought about the opportunity uh, for, for us to continue ministering in that way and I would encourage you, wherever God has placed you, whether, uh, whether you have a passion for camp ministry, whether you have a passion for Sunday school teaching, uh, whether it's street evangelism, uh, maybe God will lead you into something like that, but wherever He takes you, uh, use the gift that God has entrusted to you. Use that gift in small ways, God may multiply it into larger ways. So, uh, as my, in brief, uh, as my testimony continues, I went to a secular college campus. No, I didn't go to Emmaus Bible College. I hadn't heard of it, in fact, at that <laughs> stage. I went to a college to study chemical engineering in uh, New Jersey. And as a freshman arriving at orientation, uh, greeting me on the curb, of uh, the downtown Newark, New Jersey campus was a group of uh, young people who were handing out Bibles. They were handing out New Testament copies, paperback copies of the New Testament. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. Uh, who are these kids? So they were uh, people who were affiliated with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship on that campus. And uh, they greeted us, they welcomed all students and one year later, having completed my freshman year, where do you think I was? I was on the curb with those people handing out copies of the New Testament. And I have to say that I thank God for the ministry of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, for the fellowship and the grounding in, in the Word of God, even there, even through the studies and the opportunity to be a testimony, to stand up for Christ in a secular campus. Uh, the, the years I spent on that campus were every year, every semester was an involvement with that group of Christian believers in studying the Word, but largely just being a testimony. So that was part of my testimony as we journeyed on from there and got involved 
in assemblies in uh, New Jersey and in the state of Wil uh, Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware, Brandywine Bible Chapel. That we uh, love to be involved with the youth work, and ultimately uh, that led me to an opportunity to come to Emmaus Bible College uh, to be involved in teaching uh, business administration, a program that we were able to start in 2010. It was a desire to step out of the business world and to perhaps have a more direct impact to using the years of our life and the energies and the talents that God has invested, which He's invested in every one of us, but to use them in a more direct way to influence young people who are studying the Bible. So that would be in brief a little testimony. I want to walk through a couple of additional verses, uh, some key verses in the book of 2 Timothy, just four key verses that we'll look at as we walk through the book. First is there's four imperatives that I would address in this book. Chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, the imperative to retain and uh, guard the Word of God. Verse 13 of chapter 1, retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. So, the imperative there that's handed to Timothy, with a little bit expanding here on 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, some, some details here that Timothy was, uh, has been entrusted here by Paul really with the study of the Word of God to retain the standard of sound words that have been heard and to guard them through the Holy Spirit. So, the study of God's Word involves rigor. Just as when I studied chemical engineering and as much as later when I studied principles of finance and so forth, there are methodologies to those studies. There are reasons why people have been successful at building chemical plants. There are reasons why people have been successful at doing financial analysis and project work. And they're founded on rigorous study of some fundamental principles of those areas. And so it is with the Word of God. There's methodology involved in, um, in understanding the interpretation of the Bible. There's methodology in understanding the original languages, uh, ones that I do not understand, but Hebrew and, and Greek, and understanding how God gave us the Word of God and the principles of hermeneutics as to how we take those original languages uh, and then they've been translated by godly men and so then we have English, German, French, he, uh, other, other foundational languages. Uh, but then how do we interpret that? What are those hermeneutical principles by which we take the original intended meaning and correlate that with the rest of Scripture and interpret it for today and then apply it in our lives? So those are things that Paul is entrusting to Timothy. Those are things that we seek to entrust to young people at Emmaus Bible College so that they can be competent in the Word of God, that uh, when they've studied those things that we can be confident in the way that they're teaching and the methodology that they've used and uh, then we leave it to God as they go on in their ministry life. So let's look, uh, we already looked at 2 Timothy 2, verse 1 to 2. That really is, again, the endowment of God's Word, I would title that. The endowment of God's word. If, if the first one is 
is the retention of God's Word and the study and the methodology. The second one is God has given us this great endowment. An endowment is something that is left behind. Perhaps it's built up over time. Uh, perhaps someone passes away and leaves us a rich heritage, something that we can work with and that's passed on. And that would be, uh, again, the endowment that is entrusted to us. We have been given that. You have been entrusted with it. Uh, we seek to pass it on. Uh, we, we pray that we'll be faithful in doing so. We pray that those to whom we've entrusted it will be faithful as well. So in chapter 3, we'll look briefly at verses 14 to 17 to see uh, the, the permanence of God's Word. Um, in verse 14, we read again a uh, similar theme. You, however, continue in the things you've learned to become convinced of, knowing from whom you've learned them, that from childhood you've known the sacred things which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And here are these key verses. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So the Word of God is permanent. These, this section begins with continue in the things you've learned. Those things have not changed. The things that were taught 75 years ago are still being taught today. Uh, it's, it's a permanent endowment. It's one that we can't deplete. And it's something that Timothy here, as written by Paul, was instructed in from his childhood. And that's our aspiration today, that our children, our young people, our youth, our young adults... Uh, are grounded in the teaching of the Word of God, that they continue in those things, that they're things that have been known from their childhood. God's Word is permanent. As we see here, it doesn't change. Uh, it's inspired by God. It's profitable for these various areas. But uh, while the application of it may change from generation to generation because the environment in which we live changes, uh, God has not changed. His Word has not changed. And uh, the way we apply it has to be adjusted, perhaps, but uh, the Word of God is permanent. And the implementation of it in our lives does, uh, really has very limited uh, variation. And so we're thankful for this permanent endowment that we have. And that we can go back, not to the shifting opinions of mankind as to what it means, but we can go back and we can compare Scripture with Scripture. Uh, to see what does the Word of God say for today? How is it interpreted? So fourthly, in the book of 2 Timothy, the imperative to preach the Word of God. In, in chapter uh, 4, verses 1 to 2, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and dead by His appearing in kingdom, to preach the Word. To be ready in season and out of season to reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. So we are responsible in our generation, you who are listening here, at whatever stage of life you are, each of us have a responsibility to carry forth the Word of God. We spoke about that multi-generational impact, but here is the direct charge, the imperative given 
by the Apostle Paul to Timothy the solemn charge to preach the Word of God. To preach it unwaveringly. To preach it, as he says, in season and out of season. And all of these components of preaching come into it. The reproval, the rebuking, the exhorting. So there's, there's positive aspects to that. There's negative aspects to that. There's times when we have to come down on one another, uh, so to speak, like a ton of bricks, and say, this is what the Word of God says, and you've forgotten it. There are other times when we come along, the feeble and the weak and those who are suffering, and we bring them encouragement with patience and with instructions. We, we take those bricks off, and instead we come along with, uh, with the emotion side of it instead of the, the intellectual side of it. And we have compassion for those who are struggling, even for those who have fallen in sin. Uh, sometimes we need to tell them how it is. Other times we need to say, I know, I've been touched by sin myself. The Lord knows. He was tempted in all things. He knows what it is to have sin right before Him. And yet, He was able to resist because of His perfect character and holiness. But So, in all ways, we bring the Word of God before people in its truth and its reality. So those are some thoughts from the book of 2 Timothy that really drive and inspire me personally in the ministry of, uh, of Emmaus Bible College and the ministry in our local assemblies in Dubuque and the ministry in my own family as I reach those who I love most dearly and, and uh, we're so thankful for the Lord's work. I'm, I'm particularly thankful for the prayers and support and encouragement that we receive even right here at Northern Hills Bible Chapel for the, the welcoming spirit to have an opportunity to be together and to share a few things from the Word of God, to share some things uh, about the college and how things are going, to, to know that we're not alone in this ministry, that uh, amongst many ministries that the assembly here has a passion for, that uh, Emmaus is one of those. So we're, we're thankful for that uh, prayer, that support, that encouragement. I would um, remind myself often and... Uh, affirm to you that the work of the college is a, uh, I would call it, it's a very, it's a distinctly spiritual work. Mm -hmm. While uh, for sure this is an accredited private college where people are receiving degrees in Bible and theology and in business administration and a, a number of other areas. Uh, our, our passion is for the spiritual formation, for Christ to be formed in people for the teaching of the Word of God. That is, that is our love, that is our heart. And people come to college from increasingly broken homes with various social pressures and influences in this day. So those who we receive come with, with their college backpacks, some of them filled with tears. They don't all come from perfect little Christian homes. Do you? Did I? So we all bring that baggage. But um, they bring an aspiration to want to grow in Christ. They bring an aspiration which we seek to fulfill, which is to go on and serve the Lord, to impact 
the world for Christ. That's one of the themes that we like to use in our in our mission statement. That our desire is to glorify God, to educate and equip people to really impact the world for Christ. That when they go out, uh, that like Timothy was enjoined by Paul, uh, that they have a life that leaves behind something more than just uh, a financial endowment, a 401k, uh, you know, a retirement plan and a nice home and beautiful children. Uh, all of that is wonderful. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, but that's not everybody's lifestyle either. But the real mark of a successful person, a uh, husband and wife, a family, is the spiritual heritage that is left behind, whether it be in their own family or in the ministry that they've been involved in. And that's our desire as we look across those who uh, have attended and have gone on, uh, that they go on for Christ. That we see the mark of their impact in, in the heritage that they leave behind. Whether it's working in Burundi, Africa, or whether it's working in Dubuque, Iowa in a bank. Uh, that afterwards, when life progresses, that they that we see this these marks. Our passion is making disciples who will impact others. Our methods for doing that is teaching the Bible and mentoring and living alongside one another on our residential campus, in our homes. Unfortunately, this COVID year, we've had to curtail uh, as much of the home life. Uh, we've been able to do some, but on a little more limited basis, smaller groups, but we, we love for uh, people to come into our homes, to see our lives, to see the authenticity of who we are, to see some of our warts, uh, as well as um, our passion for the Lord. Um, our key verses include also Luke 24, verse 27. I can't but uh, read that to you as well as we think about the things we're passionate about, the things that were of passion since the the beginning of this work, this ministry. The Lord Jesus speaking to the two disciples who walked on the road to Emmaus, who were questioning and were a little despondent because the Lord Jesus had been crucified and they thought that He was the one that was going to uh, set things right and that it was a bright future and then here He was, crucified and, and killed. And they didn't know who was speaking to them, but the Lord Jesus spoke to them, O foolish and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and enter into His glory? And then verse 27, this well-known theme verse, then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, He explained to them the things concerning Himself in all the Scriptures. And that continues to be our desire, our passion, that Christ be exalted and that He be expounded and that He be understood from all the Scriptures. Not just from the Gospels, but from Moses and from the prophets. That it be clear uh, what the Scripture is teaching and who it's speaking about. So in this post-Christian culture that we live in, I'd encourage you that just as in the days of Elijah, you know, it may be the predominant culture is not Christian, but we're still here, folks. Yeah. Uh, the Lord has preserved in this place, in this city, in this country, 
millions who love the Lord. And it may be exhibited in a variety of ways in different denominations and different church groups and different ministries, but we're still here. And more than ever, more than any time, I would say, in, our, in the history of Christianity, this is an age where there's an opportunity for us to stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. But that, that means we have to be equipped and prepared. That means we have to be ready to do so. And so we pray uh, that as you consider these things, as you consider the message of Paul to Timothy, uh, I would ask you to continue to pray for the ministry of the college, of Emmaus Bible College, as we see ourselves as a haven for those places and uh, those people who desire to go on in the things of Christ, who desire to be influential for Him throughout their lives, a place where sound biblical teaching is promoted, uncompromised biblical teaching, I would say, is what we are about. Uh, yes, we're about other things. You can become a nurse. You can finalize, you can complete a degree in computer science. But on your way to getting there, we're going to have a great time studying the Bible, the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation. And so may the Lord inspire you in your personal lives to go on for Him. And once again, thank you for praying and for being involved. May God bless.